It is an old Charlie Brown <laughs> Oh, Charlie Brown Oh, baby, I like you. Sell out, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, baby, I like raw. Oh, baby, I like raw. Me and Mariah. Oh, this is just called I'm Old Dirty Kyle, Big Baby Kyle, Dirt McDonald's. We're talking Christmas. Taking Christmas raw, <laughs> Ooh, baby, it's Bear raw. Christmas raw. <laughs> the hell is Christmas, anyways? Uh, it's like some weird, um, like Roman, Greek, pagan, Northern Germanic bullshit that just kind of got spit out, and then they like, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll make it Jesus' birthday. To be honest with you, um, very little of what we celebrate has to do with Roman. It's mostly all just Yule. Well, some of it, like, a little bit ties back to, like, Saturnalia and that shit, right? Doesn't it? Like, some of it does. It's just coincidental, like, winter. I guess that's true. It's more like, yeah. The tree and mistletoe, most of the shit we have, Santa Claus, that's all Germanic shit. (laughs) And that's why it's bad. I don't fuck with that Roman stuff. I only fucks with the... With the pagan shit, man, I'm a barbarian. I go, I'm pretty sure the uh, the original Roman shit is considered pagan at this point, too. Yeah, that is what it is pagan now because it's anything that's not Christian Christianity. But I'm talking original. If you're not known to them, that Abrahamic religions. Yeah, when the Greeks met our people, they were like, "Burr, burr, burr." That's all you say, you losers. That's where barbarian came from. <laughs> but that uh, doesn't sound very raw. Oh wait, wait I, I'm Sean, disinformation master of Christmas. Old Dirty Kyle here to give it to you. Let me ask you a question. No, I have you know? gate. No, I don't want to answer any questions. Let me ask you a question. Uh, without my, are you a cop? Is my lawyer uh, here? I'm not a cop. I legally have to tell you if I'm a cop. I'm not. That's bullshit. That's, don't believe that. That's nonsense. I'm the furthest thing from a cop you've ever seen. Nah, there's, there's further things. But you're up there. Mm-hmm. Well, let, me, let me ask you something, huh? Hmm? Why can't a hero love booty? Is it not because that I am a hero that I love booty? Think about it. Do you ever it. wonder if you might be too <laughs> obsessed with the booty? Nah. I don't ever, <laughs> I don't ever worry about that. There's no such thing. Mm-mm. No, I like it raw. But listen, ODB lately, can you tell? Not just shimmy no. shimmy. Yeah, I just figured if I did the shimmy shimmy, yeah, most people would understand what I was talking about. Oh, I, would, I would always like that. do the Mariah Carey song if I'm trying to reference ODB. Mm, that's 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 some cracker stuff. <laughs> that's some YT people stuff. I, I, yeah, but that's that's what the people know. I everyone, I think everyone knows Shimmy Shimmy, yeah, right. That one's like in movie trailers and shit. Mm, yeah, maybe. I feel like you go to you like go to grandma and grandpa and talk about Shimmy Shimmy, yeah, they're going hmm. Oh yeah, but they don't listen to our podcasts. <laughs> well, judging by our viewer numbers, no one listens to our podcasts. Cool. Well, I mean, I'm doing it for myself, anyways. This is self-flagellation, uh, maybe masturbation. Some might say. No, no, not me. I'm doing it to get rich. It's any day now. 
Oh, I can taste it. We just we got just gotta get name dropped <laughs> by um Chopper Trap House or something. <sighs> Fuck it. Chopper Chop Chop. Uh, so speaking of Christmas being raw, uh, I've been watching uh, Christmas things, of course, right? You know, we watched. Oh, I forgot to send you the uh, list, but I'll do it there. Well, they got uh, they got the uh, the uh, their uh, great British baking show uh, the the holiday specials, right? Oh shit, that reminds me. Um, next year when they do the great British baking off, mm-hmm. great British bake off, we got to do a, a special podcast for each episode. Because that's I was just thinking about it the other day. If there's any TV show I'd actually like to do, like uh, you know, what are the, the watch along the... type thing? Yeah, and that is the only one I can think of. That's good. Also, it's only ten episodes, so that'd be easy to do. And it's right, like I didn't think it'd be a huge commitment. Some annoying American shit. But uh, I watched one of them from last year because it had the cast of the Dairy Girls on it, which is a show that I like. Um, everyone check out Dairy Girls. It's on Netflix. I'm sure everyone's seen it. But yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, I don't know. The the, the girl that I like the most who plays Orla on the show, she wasn't there. I almost threw a goddamn fit. I almost smashed my snifter of brandy. <laughs> You're not our grandfather. My snifter of brandy and stamped out my cigar in anger. <laughs> I almost doffed my hot, uh, top hat most most frustratedly. Mm-hmm. But I watched it anyways because I was like, whatever, the rest of the cast is pretty cute. I noticed they all have um very beautiful like green and blue eyes and stuff. And I was like, God damn, these I'm stricken with these damn black eyes. <laughs> you know, doll eyes. Yeah, the, the gremlin eyes. Doll eyes. Lifeless eyes. eyes, like the eyes of a doll. The eyes of a shark. Would you like to have different color eyes? I, I've never really, your, your eyes I've always, are um, poop colored. Yeah, I always never really had a problem with my eye color. I guess I could have more dynamic eye colors, but I always felt like it fit my face well enough. Yeah, my cyberpunk guys got um, uh, red irises with uh, the black um, rest of the eyes. <laughs> I keep debating whether or not I'm actually good cyberpunk, but every time I read like uh, reviews about it, I'm like, eh. It's just, um, no one ever seems to like it. I would say, like, if you feel like playing an RPG, a dumb RPG somewhere down the line in the next year or two and you have a lot of free time, pick it up then. There's no rush to play it, to be honest. It makes me want to smash my sniffer of brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Dollars. Black. I'd like uh, to. Um, 963,000 men going to the water to come out. You know, you can uh, tattoo your eyes, right? It's pretty yeah, dangerous. Yeah, I mean, you but, can. Um, uh, I stabbed myself in the eye with a Lego uh, about six months ago, and, and it, that was horrifying. Yeah. And uh, I definitely don't want to tattoo it. If they ever um, make it safer, I, I would definitely be into doing it, I think. I think it'd be cool to just have solid black eyes. Nah. It'd be spooking people. I want to have solid white eyes like the Undertaker. Uh, He's got regular eyes. He just looks at his brain. Oh, oh! I can do that. His brain. But it, it hurts my it hurts my head after a few minutes. What the Undertaker does now is um talk about his career while wearing a thin blue line shirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> like every other shit kicker out there. That's yeah, gonna... fuck him, huh? You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, are saying? there any are there any wrestlers that you really consider as as a woke AF? Yeah. Uh, hey, first of all, I hate um, that term, but let's Steve Austin's actually. Turned out to be reasonably decent. 
Yeah, what's there's the dude? But, uh, with, um, I mean, he did uh, get well, he was a drunk for a long time and beat his wife, so that's not so great. Yeah, now there's a, that guy who wrestles now with the red hair and a beard. He used to have a kind of a ska gimmick, but now he's like, um, I don't, I can't remember his name is. Um, fucking, he's a hell of a left wing. He's always talking shit on Twitter. I'm surprised he hasn't been fired yet. <laughs> <laughs> his t-shirts sell well, so yeah. But um. I don't know. People listen to what I'm talking about. You know, you know, he is man. He's got like some third world general type gimmick now or something. He hangs out with Shinsuke Nakamura. You know what I mean? He's got a red beard. You know, you know who it is. <laughs> you know who it is. I definitely don't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, 100% I don't. If, if it was wrestling after 2001 and the, the guy's name is not The Rock, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, I somehow stay abreast of wrestling a little bit, mostly just through following wrestlers on Twitter and shit, watching random YouTube videos about wrestling. But I just I never want to sit down and watch two hours of wrestling. You know what I mean? Well, isn't Raw three hours now? I, I pretty much don't want to watch WWE unless it's WrestleMania. And that's just because <laughs> it's like an event, you know? My favorite ones, uh, my favorite WWE event is the Royal Rumble. I always like when 30 men get in the ring and just slap each other around. A lot Sometimes of China's there. A lot of chops and standing in the corner in headlocks and stuff. <laughs> a lot of rest holds. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, not too much going on there. <laughs> it wouldn't be very safe. Speaking of things that aren't very safe, we watched the Gremlins, also known as Gremos. That's what I will be calling it henceforth. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're going to like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. Is that the Italian name? Gremo. No, that's the one you like. Oh, it's a Gremo. <laughs> Gizmo the Gremo. This film comes straight from 1984, the year of the, the best birth. year ever. Woo! Also, one of my favorite movies as a child. Yeah, this is a really, this is a good one. This is probably one of the best movies we've watched. Um, I don't know, maybe this whole year, as far as oh. like the nostalgia factor goes. I mean, honestly, probably the best movie we have watched all year. Um, yeah. and I'm trying to think, maybe the me, best movie uh, watched since Blood Re- Blade Runner, <laughs> Robocop. I mean, for me, Suspiria is my favorite movie we watched. This oh, year, you know, Suspiria is a good movie. I should. But I as far as like the conceit of this podcast, where we watch like. Nostalgia, nostalgia bait, bait yeah. for millennials. It's this is the one we did it. 
It's got that girl in it, you know, the one. Phoebe Cates. That's her. I call her Phoebe Cakes because I like it raw. <laughs> Baby, I like the cake raw. I call her Drop Dead Fred's friend. Oh, yeah. She's also naked getting out of the pool in um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There's two Fast Times at Ridgemont High alums here. Oh, yeah. Judge Reynolds. <laughs> Judge. My name's Judge. My name is Judge. We, right, uh, so. did, uh, did Kevin Smith ever call out Arrested Development for, for absolutely stealing his idea? I don't know. <laughs> you're right the judge well i mean he's got in clerks isn't he just he just be is a judge for some reason right and then in rest of development he's doing he's got a tv show where he's a tv judge right yeah but i mean it's like the thinnest of differences i mean do I, also but i mean the william hung jury really seals it to me yeah <laughs> also it's like a joke you could easily just come up with when yeah. you're like hi <laughs> talking to your friends you know it's not like such a <laughs> co- complex original joke that, that I'm sure they stole from Clerks. Yeah. <laughs> Give Kevin Smith this, this one thing. It's all he's got. <laughs> no, he's got a fat man on Batman or whatever. <laughs> so that's still going? I don't know. How much can you talk about Batman? Uh, they don't talk. They talk about nerd shit in general, not just Batman. Gremlins. A boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. Malevolently mischievous monsters. That's some good literary alliteration right there. <laughs> I'm a fan of it. Um, I would argue that he only inadvertently breaks two rules and then he intentionally breaks the third one. Uh, Gizmo breaks the third one. That's Gizmo's true. Hero. <laughs> Gizmo is the hero. Joe Dante. This is a fellow named Joe Dante directed this. Uh, people could have called him Joe Dutch Angles for all I know. Uh, Joe Dante. Not too many people realize Joe Dante. He's the man. Uh, he began his filmmaking apprenticeship in 1974 as a trailer editor for. I don't know. <laughs> Roger Corman's New World Pictures. Fuck yeah. Thank you for everything, Roger Corman. Basically. Roger Corman, he's the man. He's the godfather. There's so many like little weirdo directors that got famous that started out working for Roger Corman. It's the best. If you'll recall on our Rock and Roll High School episode, um, it was the film was directed by a name by a man named Alan Arca. She was also um a Roger Corman protege. But during the final days of shooting, um the director Arkash uh fell ill due to exhaustion in air quotes i believe he was probably partying too hard um so the last like him and dd ramon yeah last couple <laughs> days of shooting was actually done by joe dante i think we talked about that on the episode it was our first if we didn't uh, i'm gonna say we did because i don't remember and i'm gonna give us credit for it anyways go I back think, and listen to it yeah i think we, it's a pretty good episode you go back and listen to it um go back hey, and watch hey, the movie both movies got dick miller in it Oh yeah, that um Joe Dante has cast Dick Miller in everything he's ever made. Oh yeah. I like Joe Dante a little bit more. Can you guess who uh Joe uh, Dick, Dick Miller is friends with aside from Joe Dante and Alan Arkish? Uh Roger Corman? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Joe Dante, um he's the shit. Check it out. The Howling, Twilight Zone, Police Squad, Explorers, Inner Space, Amazon Women in the on the Moon. The bird. Oh wait, Police Squad, the TV show. Yeah, he directed three or four episodes. Wrote a couple of them. Uh, the Burbs, Gremlins two, Erie, Indiana is his. Oh wow, oh, man, I love Erie, Indiana. And then I love um, Erie, Indiana. Everyone loves Erie, Indiana. Go watch it. Not the second season though. Fuck it. It's got the kid from Hocus Pocus in it. 
Hocus Pocus. No, um, I didn't know him as a kid from Erie, Indiana. Yeah, like same time period, really. Um, he he kind of falls off after that, though. He Small Soldiers. Uh, that's uh, it's a fun movie to catch on TNT. I guess. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones as a um, as an action e- figure. <laughs> evil GI Joe. Uh, Looney Tunes back in action. Joe Dante loves Looney Tunes, so I could, I'm sure it was great for him to be able to direct that. But that's actually I mean, a pretty good movie. Have you, have you really sat down and watched it? No, it's not Space Jam, so I care. It's better than Space Jam. It, no. How? Yeah. For real? Yeah, oh, for real, it's better than Space Jam. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. He's, then after that, he started directing like CSI and TV show shit. That's what he's been doing the last few years. But that's kind of all these great directors of the 80s and 90s kind of all, I mean, besides sort of Scorsese, like none of them are doing shit, you know? Uh, that said, though, Joe Dante does have two projects that are in the works right now that, um, I don't know, maybe they'll bring him back to the forefront. Space Jam 2. I forgot what they were. They didn't sound that interesting. They were, they're sci-fi adjacent, so, you know, that's <laughs> popping off right now. Maybe we'll work out for him. Get it on I don't Netflix. know. Is there, is, there, uh, is Captain America in it? Nah. nah I didn't know. Yeah, there's not a um, bankable property in it, so... Who knows? Maybe he's redoing Aliens, but instead of Ripley, it's Harley Quinn. Oh, weird. No, that doesn't work. Disney owns Alien, so it had to be like um, oh, Spider Girl. No, it's Black Widow. That's what the Black Widow movie's about. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I'm kind of into it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, that's just what the Joker is. Uh, so, um, in case you didn't know, Joe Dante is a major fan, fan of 1950s science fiction films, and he's got. You little... can't really see it in this movie. It's a, this is a 1950s <laughs> science fiction film. Shit. Oh, <laughs> he's actually considered an authority on the subject, and is frequently interviewed about science fiction films for documentaries, television specials, DVD special features. He's uh. He's an independent Nerd. scholar of sci-fi. Nerd. Now that makes him cool. <laughs> well, there's, there's. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Fine. I'm an independent scholar of Transformers. Then. No, that's that's where. The, so I was gonna <laughs> say there's a cutoff where it goes from being <laughs> cool to nerd, and it's um anything Star Wars and afterwards. If you're like a scholar of those things. Well, I was born geek. after those. So it's not my fault. Uh, he was born. Joe Dante is born after the 1950s science fiction boom. It would be the equivalent to, of him watching 80s films like we do. So I guess we're doing the same thing. <laughs> uh, he was John Carpenter's first choice to direct Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. I think we might have mentioned that on that episode, too. We, well, yeah, absolutely did. We, we don't miss a fact like that. Not here at VHS Cole. No. Uh, that he says, from, so says Sean, master of disinformation. The, the, so says old Dirty Kyle, king of the movies. Uh, he Joe Dante said he prefers Gremlins to the new batch to the first. A one. lot of people do. A lot of people also don't think the Gremlins two is a joke. I think they're both pretty good. I like them. I mean, they have kind of a similar. I don't think the tone is that different. You no, know what I mean? a lot of people complain that it's different. It's like no, there's a whole 15, 20 minute segment of the first Gremlins where they're at the bar just doing Gremlin gags. You know? <laughs> Even at the movie theater, they're just kind of doing Gremlin gags. Yeah. Yeah, come on. I mean, come on. Yeah, I they think fucking they're... sing the, the the Snow White song, the mm-hmm. dwarfs. Yeah, they they love it. And they're like, like, yum, 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 
Uh, Plus the Julia Child sequence is great. They got the uh, the Grandpa Munster kind of guy figure, but it's you know it's like an Elvira. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everybody's favorite um, Ted Turner. <laughs> yeah, and the gremlin that wants to fuck. Also, you get to choose Hulk Hogan or John Wayne. Oh yeah, there's different versions, huh? Which racist do you want to have in your movie? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a gremlin who can talk. Remember, he's got glasses and stuff. Oh yes, uh, I remember him quite well. <laughs> he's like a Bre- he's like a Fraser gremlin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, speaking of which, I watched the Cheers Christmas episode randomly, and it was pretty cute. I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, I've loved Woody Harrelson since I was a kid. Like fucking white man can't jump. Fucking love Woody Harrelson. Uh, I actually have a man Woody. I actually have a weird affection for both Woody Harrelson and Ted Danson. Oh, Ted Danson's tall as fuck. Did you know that? I mean, you can tell it every time you see him in a a picture or of a TV show. Yeah, I was watching. You have to kind of film around how tall he is. I was watching Cheers, and they weren't filming around it. I was like, (laughs) "Damn, he's just way bigger." (laughs) That's a tall. That's like a Frankenstein. A Frankenstein monster. Oh, that's like I started. I actually watched a couple episodes of Sopranos. The first time I watched Sopranos and. uh, 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 Gandolfini, right? That's the dude's name. Uh, is noticeably larger than everybody. Yeah, he's a big dude. He was a big dude. Now he's a skeleton. Probably he's a big skeleton, though. Probably, he's yeah. Big bone. Yeah, yep, yep. he probably does have a big skeleton. That's true. Very uh, high bone density. Uh, here's a long ass quote from um, Joe Dante about movies. Um, a lot of people who are in the movie business don't really know much about movies, and they certainly don't know movie history. You mm-hmm. have to even find a code when you're talking to these people. You can't use the references that we you you would use when talking to somebody who knows movie history. When you go into well, you go into pitch something, it depends what you invoke. Can't invoke anything really before 1980 with these people because they don't know what you're talking about. It's limiting. They get annoyed. They get offended that you're somehow trying to expose the fact that they don't know these things and make them feel inadequate, which is of course not the point or why you do it. Right, but I get that. I've seen that in, um, honestly, even in like film film classes and shit before. You just have to be very broad about how you explain things. And well, he's talking, okay. obviously he's talking about explaining shit to the suits, like the executives. Right, and, but it's the same thing. Yeah, where it's like, well, they're in it for money, obviously not for the love of cinema. So you can't be like, like he said, you can't. The, the reference points you make have to be really broad, as you said. And um and you have to make sure they're um bankable products. Yeah. Nowadays you'd have to be like, all right, so you know the Mandalorian? What if we did it with um the Falcon from Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> get it? All right, cool. Let's uh, stamp that one. Let's get it. And it's in like uh you remember uh, Tony Stark's kid? Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> yeah, you get it. <laughs> it was Grogu or whatever. <laughs> Uh, it's this, Grogu. Is it Grogu or Grogu? I think it's Grogu. Yeah. I don't know. I've been. Well, <laughs> Ryan has a, a baby Yoda toy, a little like, stuffed animal that he loves. Mm. And I keep calling it Grogu to piss him off because he refuses to call it Grogu and calls it <laughs> baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, because Grogu's <laughs> that name sucks. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, man, no, no, man, Grog you. <laughs> no, Grog me, Grog you. <laughs> Uh, this film, written by another um, quite established director in his own right. Christopher Columbo. Yeah, Chris Columbus. 
he Home course, Alones and Harry Potters and all kinds of shit that you everybody loves. But Christopher Columbus is kind of just an eh director. Very bland. Very like this is easily consumable for anyone. Lowest content common denominator type shit. Like pretty oh, okay, pretty a good writer actually, in my opinion. But oh just yeah, not better, a good director. Better writer than he is a director. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Home Alone though is like that's a good movie. Um, the first Harry Potter movie is like honestly like nah he doesn't got it you know right yeah he doesn't it just feels kind of where's the magic yeah it's very um paint by numbers like just studio nonsense but Home Alone pretty cute pretty cute uh so after graduating from NYU Mr. Chris Columbus is trying to scale his script which would later become Gremlins with no success uh luckily Steven Spielberg stepped in, picked it up, and Columbus moved to Los Angeles for a year during rewrites for Gremlins. At what point he was living in Spielberg's bungalow at Universal. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, while he was there, he wrote two more scripts for Spielberg. Those would be The Goonies and Young Sherlock Holmes. So that was a very eventful year for him. Didn't he also write some episodes like Young Indiana Jones and shit, too? Yeah, he um, he's like Spielberg's buddy. Just like Joe Dante. Roger Corman and Spielberg, a direct connection. You like never think to put him in, you know, their movies together. Like, hey, it's <laughs> you know, but Spielberg wouldn't exist without Roger Corman, really. Just like all these other fools. <laughs> and JJ Abrams wouldn't exist without Steven Spielberg. So in the indirect way, you can blame Roger Corman for JJ uh, Abrams. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Uh, as Columbus explained, his inspiration for gremlins came from his loft when at night, what sounded like a platoon of mice would come out and to hear them skittering around in the blackness was really creepy. So he's like, what if they're gremos? <laughs> well, there's some sort of spook or a boogan or a gremo, some sort of monster. Oh man. I hope my mom microwaves them. <laughs> yeah i like that scene because um he's like oh no my mom and but then and she's she, like i'm just gonna fucking murder everything she's like i'm going to war with these gremos so i'll give a fuck they're little which is realistic too like the gremlins are like not scary you know yeah they're only scary in mass i also kind of feel bad for them when they're getting murdered because they are just like little guys you know like when she first turns on the machine that like kills she the first them. grandma I'm like, oh, that poor guy. He was just a little guy having fun. <laughs> He's trying to murder the mom. What'd she do? He, that guy wasn't. He was just spooking her. There's some place and shit. That's not that dangerous. That's just a prank. It's a prank, bro. <laughs> it's bad at pranks. Cool, bro. It's just a prank. It's a prank, bro. But it's bad at pranks is all. I figured since it's the Christmas season and we've talked about him a little bit. But never really got too into it. Uh, we take a little bit of time out of this episode to just talk about Dick Miller. Oh, How's that sound? That sounds great to me. All right, Dick Miller. He plays Murray Futterman in this film. Who is? Does he die? Man. He seems like he does, but no, he's in the second one. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Who cares? I never, I never caught that as a kid. I did honestly. Did. Yeah, and I watched just... this as a teenager. I probably saw it in my twenties a couple times too. I never didn't catch it until it? this time. Yeah. Yeah, he just kind of <laughs> just plowed. <laughs> um, like I said, he's in every film that Joe Dante has ever directed. That's why he's in Gremlins 2, and they just said, nah, don't worry about it. Uh, he's basically in every great cult, cult film ever. He's king of them shits, 184 credits. He's in everything cool and good. Chopping Mall, we've seen him in. Uh, 
rock and roll high school. Um, He's in the burbs. Been, yeah, there's been a few other things we've uh, seen him in already on the show, and we'll see him in further. Uh, he's one of those uh, real old school fellow, fellows. Let me tell you about him. He's born in the Bronx, New York, son of Russian Jewish immigrants. Hmm. Served, in, show. served in the U.S. Navy for a few years and earned a prize title as a middleweight boxer. You know what I mean? He's one of those old time. He's probably got like an anchor. No, oh, he's scrapper. His, yeah, he, he, you can tell too the way he talks and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's 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 the real man's man. That's the dude's yeah. rock right there. <laughs> they don't uh, they don't press him out of the factory like that anymore. Nah, there used to be tons of those guys running around. Now they're gone. Uh, he moved to Los Angeles in the mid nineteen fifties, where um, noticed by producer director Roger Corman who cast him in most of his low-budget films, often as a dislikable sort. Walter Paisley is uh, his character. He's, he's plays a lot of, he's in a lot of movies where his name is Walter in reference to a character named Walter Paisley in a Roger Corman film. According to Miller, though, when he interviewed for acting jobs at other studios, he would mention that he had been working at In American International and New World Films, which are Roger Corman's productions. And they would respond by saying, I don't think we can use you because um, Roger Corman had a bad reputation for pumping out um, cheap exploitation schlock. Weird. I don't know why. Because like, that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of it rules. Don't you remember Deathstalker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hold surprised. On, uh, wake you up with my penis. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't watched more of his shit yet. We'll get around. Oh, to we'll, it. we'll get around to it. Don't worry. There'll be it's more Sword and Sorcerer Month is coming up soon. <laughs> or Roger Corman. Or Sword and Sandal Month, what the hell the kids call them these days? They call I always it, um, call it Sword and Sorcery, but I don't think that's correctly, technically the correct I term. believe nowadays they're called boomer shit. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a quote from the man himself, Dick Miller. He says, it's funny, looking at a picture that's 50 years old and seeing that it hasn't lost any of the, what's the word, magic? They had magic. They were cheap. They were inexpensive to make, but they've held up for 50 years. Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> Some of them have. They pumped out a lot of shit in those time periods, too, that no one thinks about. Fucking Deathstalker, man. <laughs> Classic. Deathstalker will be remembered way much longer than fucking Captain America uh, Winter's Boner. Wow, man. Uh, don't put money on that. I will. No one's going to remember Marvel shit, except for nerds. Eventually, the nerds will die off because we're going to bully them to death. <laughs> That's right. We're going to start bullying nerds for like in Marvel. Bullying adults. <laughs> Come out with your Marvel paraphernalia. I'll bully the shit out of you. Good, good luck. There's so many more of them. Than you. Yeah, but I'm tougher than them. Like, maybe, I mean, there's probably, there's probably a few standouts, but mostly I'm tougher than them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's probably like fucking the dude. What's that dude's name? The, I don't know. There's probably like some fucking MMA dude who like really loves like Batman or some shit. He kicked my ass. But <laughs> most of them, though, I'll take them. Especially the children. <laughs> uh, Corey, Feldman, <laughs> Corey Feldman's also in this movie. He's back. This kid ran the 80s. He's a cute little kid in it. Um, not too much screen time. I f- when I first started watching it, I forgot about the uh, Christmas tree costume. And I remember I used oh, to Oh, I remember that. It was my one of my favorite parts. Yeah, when I was a kid, I thought that was dope as hell. You, could you imagine? Because it, it was like so 
Discreet. You, yeah, you could you look like a legitimate Christmas tree. You can just hang out in the Christmas tree lot, and as people come by, you can spook them. Yeah, that bring a little Halloween to your Christmas. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. baby, that's what I call raw. <laughs> yeah. That's why my dad never ran a Christmas tree lot because we we'd be awful as attendants. Well, not one time we went up um north of the bay into. Oh, I was just talking about Chris about this. Yes, got or a, not Chris, but Coops. You got a tree out of the woods. Yeah, I sure do. Was was, I, rem- I always thought about Christmas vacation when we went to do it. Yeah, well, that because it was like, oh damn, there's snow on them hills, and then also there was like, I don't, it was like legit. Ass, <laughs> it was like, like, oh damn, there's sap all in this tree. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst part. It was like all of our clothes and shit. <laughs> that was badass. Was that a designated place where you're allowed to cut trees, or did Dad just? Go- yeah, no, no, no. Dad like paid like a like a fifteen dollars, and we got to go pick our own tree. Oh, that that's pretty cool. I enjoyed doing that. I don't know. You can't do that in Arizona, huh? We got We've got to probably got to drive real north. Uh, we're uh, Corey Feldman. Up until this, really, he had only appeared in commercials. So this film is actually his big break of sorts. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do Goonies, and I'm gonna do Lost Boys." Well, what happened is, um, he probably did a little, um, uh, I'm gonna do Silver Bullet. He probably, uh, did, like, um, where's the Howling? Which one is he in? He's in, uh. Neither. <laughs> Isn't he? No. no. Yes, he absolutely is. What's which one is the one with Nick Nolte? That is Silver Bullet. He's got to be in Silver Bullet. I could have sworn. Isn't he the kid in the wheelchair in Silver Bullet? Or no. am I misremembering? Nope. Silver Bullet is the one with Nick Nolte and the kid in the wheelchair, but that's not Corey Feldman. <sighs> I really want Corey Feldman to be that kid in the wheelchair. <laughs> well, he's not. You... You racist. <laughs> Why is that racist? I don't know. You're racist against white kids, white children. <laughs> young white children. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> young white male children in the 80s, the most misaligned mm-hmm. demographic in history. That's right. They were incredibly oppressed back then. <laughs> children didn't have rights back then. I, I mean, uh, white children, child actors in the 80s, they actually did have a uh, very yeah, bad time. <laughs> Corey Feldman specifically had a really bad time. Uh, Zach Galligan, who plays Billy, um, have you seen him in any other movies besides the Gremlins movies? I really feel like I have, but I couldn't tell you which one. Yeah, he's got a ton of credits, but I don't. Um, I see, I saw I like, his I face. Know. I'm like, yeah, this. is it Gremlins two? I remember him from. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense. I mean, good for him for getting work, but like, I don't. I've never recognized recognized anything else, and like. I don't know if I could picture him as anything but Billy. Uh, Spielberg himself urged the casting of uh, the relatively unknown Zach Galligan because uh, he saw chemistry between Galligan and Phoebe Cates during auditions. Hmm. Spielberg himself commented when Galligan was testing with Cates that he's in love with her already. And it's like, fucking duh. She was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's Kate's. (laughs) It's Phoebe Cakes, man. Fucking duh. Phoebe Booty Cakes. Speaking of, she's like the 80s dream girl. She's an it girl for a little bit. But then she got married to Kevin Klein and retired from film in the early 90s. Kevin Klein? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They almost didn't uh, cast her because of um, the uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High stuff. Because they're like, oh, no. People won't be able to see her as an innocent small town girl, but it's like uh, innocent small town girls get their titties out too. Okay. <laughs> also, it's like 
uh, she's a, I don't know. Also, she plays it so well. Like, come on. Yeah, she's also, she's an actress. She can be different things. And oh, it's come how on. You know, I can't she's, see Judge Reinhold. Why isn't he flipping burgers back there at the bank? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? You can't, you're at the bank? I don't know about that. I could sworn he used flipping burgers. Now he's had, a, handling money? I don't know. <laughs> That happens to like dude actors too, but like usually for like very specific roles. I, that seems like such nonsense for for uh, for an actress, to be honest. Yeah, but the, you know, it's, it's totally yeah, like a morality thing. Like, well, yeah, but she was naked in another movie. What if parents mm. find out? Uh, another uh, also, there's a big trigger uh, trigger for her in this movie. If you watch Gremlins too. Oh yeah, when she gets flashed by the little gremlin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was it was it was President Stan. I was going through that Peter Butter jelly face. <laughs> so those kids with that Peter Butter jelly face. Yeah, <laughs> the gremlins don't have any visible genitals, uh, so and they produce asexually. So it wasn't that offensive to me when I saw the flashing gremlin. <laughs> no, it's not offensive. I'm just saying to her <laughs> as the character, it's like, oh no. You want to My know childhood another, again. Another devastating fact about the cast. Oh, yes. Howie sure Mandel did. is the voice of Gizmo. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the credits. Frank Walker is the voice of someone, and so is Peter Cullen. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But first, we got to talk about Howie Mandel is the Bobby's World. <laughs> you love Bobby's World. Yeah, Bobby's Bobby. World. Like, <laughs> under the water, the fish don't stink. <laughs> Animals, Animals don't wear underpants. Uh, while developing the voice for Gizmo, Mandel explained uh, Gizmo was cute and naive, so you know, I got in touch with that. I couldn't envision going any other way or doing something different with it. Yeah, me either, man. I think that was what you're hired to do. <laughs> what other no way to play it? That's the character. Yeah, what else the fuck would you do? Come on. <laughs> I, um, Gizmo is hella cute in the movie, though. I was like, "Damn, I want a Mogwai so bad." I watched it with uh, with the kids. Or I tried to. Um, I was gonna watch it with uh, the whole family, but my wife um, before we watched it, is like, "No, I don't like it. I find the girl one scary." I'm like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" That's weird. Um, and then about um, halfway through, Ariel stops watching it. When when Gizmo first appears, she goes, "Aw, he's cute. He's like Baby Yoda. What's wrong, Mom? What's wrong with you?" And then, um, but halfway through, halfway through, she stops watching it because she also is scared of the the gremlins. Oh, she yeah, she didn't like the gremlins. Mogwai's yeah. are fine, but no gremlins. Yeah, gremlins are the part she don't like. I think the gremlins are cute too. I mean, they have like a lot of like boils. I think it's and cute that they smoke. I think anytime they, yeah. uh, some sort of thing smokes like that, like some sort of anthropomorph prized uh, mm-hmm. thing, uh, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know? they're singing carols <laughs> and like you know they're just doing they're just you know what I mean they're yeah and they're fun. murdering folks they're running them down with with bulldozers um, <laughs> stabbing yeah, them with, butts like, with syringes it's like cute because <laughs> <laughs> they can't like maul you to death so they have to do like you know the Rube Goldberg type stuff <laughs> 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 it's great grandmas are cute love those guys love the grandmas um I will say. One thing in favor of Gremlins 2 is I do like all the very distinct designs for the Gremlins. Whereas in this one, they all look the same except for Stripe has a fluffy head. Otherwise, yeah, well, I mean, there's only a few distinct Gremlins in Gremlins 2. No, he's got me calling Gremlins now, which I hate. Two dozen distinct Gremlins. Even when they start off with the mean Mogwais, they're all very distinct, remember? Yeah, no, the mean Mogwais are distinct, right? And they turn and they distinct become distinct Gremlins. And then but there's, there's only like... a couple other distinct Gremlins outside of that. There's like the one with wings. 
Bat, um, yeah, there's, the, there's the lady Gremo, who's I, I always think of like, oh, you're just copying Bugs Bunny. I've seen this before. He loves Looney Tunes. <laughs> um, and then Tex Avery, all yeah. those guys. He loves them. He loves those dudes. And then we got the Spider Gremo, but that's a scar, right? Um, I need to watch Gremos too. Yeah, you you better, buddy. And they got Smart Gremo. Um, I don't know. You got the vegetable. You got vegetable Gremo. Yeah, got vegetable Gremo. There's just tons of different Gremos in the second one. I would appreciate to see a little variety in these Gremos. There is a um potentially female or just um I guess we don't know the the sexes of the Gremos. They're ace. Um, they're asexual. It seems no, like they're well. They're or no, it's they uh, produce asexually, but then they're not. They're non-gender. They're not gendered at all. So I guess they, they're non-binary. They can do what they want. And one of them decides to dress as um, a, a wealthy woman at the card game. She's got like a big brooch and a fuzzy hat and stuff. That's pretty good. Yeah, there was a, he, that guy, that grandma was a big fan of Soaps, the TV mm-hmm. show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of the, despite there being a low variety of grandmas, um, we do have to give credit where credit is due to one man named Chris Wallace. Wallace, who designed all the puppets. Uh, he's a celebrated special effects artist, Return of the Jedi, E.T., The Fly. He even actually directed Return of the Fly, not the one with Vincent Price. Though. <sighs> yeah, the sequel to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Return of the Fly with Vincent Price. No, Return of the Fly, not with Vincent Price. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, these puppets, however, had many limitations. The Gizmo puppets were particularly frustrating because they were smaller and broke down quite often. Consequently, to satisfy the crew, a scene was included in which the gremlins hang Gizmo on the wall and throw darts at him. This was, <laughs> That's um, mean. And poor little Gizmo. This was included on a list that the crew had created known to them as the horrible things to do to Gizmo list. Because they're all so frustrated of working with the Gizmo puppet. <laughs> So they wanted to hurt the gizmo, which is crazy to think about as an outsider when you watch it. Like, what? It's so distressing anytime like gizmos hurt or like in trouble. You're like, oh no, little gizmo. No, no, not this time, please, not gizmo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, gizmo's not caca, you bastards. <laughs> you son of a bitch! How dare you throw them on the laundry chute? Um. But also, uh, he's a good boy. <laughs> Why does Billy take Gizmo with him? You think because I know in the end of the at the end of the day, Gizmo helps save the day, right? But he's completely defenseless and weak. You think you'd be like, "Mom, I need you to take Gizmo with Gizmo with you and keep him safe," because he's there's no way he's going to help me defeat the Gremos. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just don't trust anybody not to drop any water or feed him out to midnight and turn him him into Gremo. That's Gremo, true, but sure. um, Gizmo seems to be aware enough, like not to do. Those yeah, he things. seems like he's like oh, I'm not going to eat after midnight anyways. Yeah, because he doesn't. Want you, I feel to be like he maybe has. Um, he's to blame a little bit. He should have warned Billy that the those guys uh, had trued through the court. Oh, that's a good point. Also, when Billy offers him some fried chicken, Gizmo's like, nah, I'm not into it. Is it because he knows it's after midnight? Or is he he's just like, nah, no fried chicken for me. <laughs> yes, I'm more of a vegetable kind of guy. Well, he was busy reading that 3D comic. He was like, neat. <laughs> neat. I, I always, as a kid, I assumed he just knew it was after midnight. He's like, no, I'm not going to turn into a chrysalis and become one of those nasty motherfuckers. Come with the greasy grandma. Yeah, but then he didn't stop Billy from feeding the other jerks, but he was tired of those jerks anyways. He's like, yeah, just fucking... Let's get this over with. I know where this is going. (laughs) Where's the dog? I liked him better. 
um I, as you mentioned frank welker the voice of megatron and fred from scooby-doo is uh he does stripe the the mogwai a uh, majority of the other villains' voices were performed by Michael Winslow of Police Academy of Fame and Peter Cullen, who was Optimus Prime. I'm sure Peter Cullen and Frank Welker and, and Winslow did a movie or a TV show at some point in the 80s. Oh, most definitely. They're voice actors. <laughs> I'm sure they've done several. There's only about a dozen of them every decade, voice actors. <laughs> and right now they're all on Critical Role. <laughs> No, those guys all do like video game shit, right? They don't think they do a TV show. Or well, that's TV like shows. the only voice acting left. Do they make cartoons still? I'm pretty sure they do. I don't know. I think they're all. Um... I you know. I you know. I'm I I'm throwing my name out there. I'll be the next generation of voice actors. Someone give me money. <laughs> do <laughs> I'll do anything for money <laughs> at this point. Well, almost anything, but I won't do that. Won't do that. Uh, Fast Times Judge Reinhold received a role that was significantly reduced after the film was edited. Oh, damn, Re- Reinhold. <laughs> no wonder he, was, he allowed... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Uh, what's the hell is the guy's name? Uh, Randall. Randall Gray. His best homeowner ever to call <laughs> Steven Spielberg at the stand. Yeah, that's right. I would well, reference that at least off, four more times. I mean, first Cut off... Cut that so it makes me sound way smarter, like I knew it right, right off the top. All right, I will. But first off, um, he this isn't even... Steve Spielberg didn't write or direct this shit. He just threw money at it. Yeah, the, then, but that doesn't matter. Not only that, his character was, like, fucking kept, almost cut in the edit. Like, Judge Reinhold should feel bad that he doesn't ever work with Spielberg, because he hasn't. You know the scene when uh, Stripe jumps into the pool? And Billy's yes. like, oh, we gotta get out of here, right? <laughs> If that were me, like, not only would I be like, I got to get out of the YMCA, I'd be like, this town's fucked. We got to get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Mom, Dad, they get in the car. Let's go. Yeah, I can't believe he hangs around. To, like, Kate's. He has, like, no idea how he's going to save the day. You know what I mean? He's like, fucking, I don't know what to do about these gremlins. I'm fucking out of here. I like that uh, Stripe holds his nose. Hey, <laughs> oh, yeah, he doesn't want to get water in there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, the tone is not that different in gremlins, too. Yeah, I mean, it's a comedy. It's like a creature movie, but it's still like lighthearted comedy, in my opinion. Uh, despite the critical and commercial success, uh, the film is heavily criticized for some of its more violent sequences. Mm-hmm. No fun allowed. Similar complaints were lodged against Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, which- <laughs> Eat a heart. Led to Spielberg suggesting that the Motion Picture Association of America alter its rating system. And they did. That's how PG-13 was created. (laughs) Change it, you fucks. Yeah. They'll do anything for that old Spielberg. He was pretty young back then. Relatively speaking. Uh, Yeah, this isn't really too... This is pretty early into his career, honestly. Uh, but uh, the, the the original version of the film before the shooting script was finalized, uh, quite a bit darker. Would you like to hear about some, some scenes? Oh, my God, yeah. But it's real sexy and dark. Um, in the one scene when Billy's mother uh, is struggling with the gremlins, you know, in the kitchen stuff, in the original version, she dies. And when Billy arrives home, the gremlins throw her severed head down the stairs at him. Oh, that's a different tone altogether. Yeah, that would have been pretty intense. Um, there's also a scene where the gremlins ate Billy's dog instead of stringing him up in the lights. Oh, 
Uh, I find that hard, unless they already turned to gremlins. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. It's a different version of the script. At one point, they ate him. <laughs> <laughs> they also attacked a, a McDonald's and ate the customers instead of burgers. That one still sounds kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that one. <laughs> yeah, that one still. That's oh, still seems in the spirit to me. Yeah, honestly, uh, the mom, the dog one, almost seems worse than the mom one to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't like to see animals hurt. Say like I don't want to see, no <laughs> That's hurt, the first so. thing the kids ask me when we start watching. Is like, the dog make it out okay? <laughs> Is the dog gonna make it? Uh, there also originally were um wasn't a mogwai named Stripe, but rather Gizmo was gonna transform into Stripe Gremlin. Oh he, no, gross! No, I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg said, "Nah, I'd like to make a little merchandise cash off of this." <laughs> We need a little gizmo, a little gizmo action. That's actually why Gizmo is in the movie more often, and why he saves the day at the end is because they're like, uh, "We need to make a little merchandise quiche off of this." <laughs> you know what? They're still right. They're right. <laughs> oh, also, just as an aside, um, before they settled on puppets, they uh, did a- attempt to have monkeys play the gremlins, but uh, the test monkey panicked when they made it where the gremlin. <laughs> oh. God, there's monkey, sh- monkey shit everywhere. <laughs> um, your favorite running gag in the Gremlin series is when Phoebe Cates tells a, a sad story, right? And this oh, one, it's about her 100%. dad dying. If I make Gremlins name. 3, that's going to be the centerpiece of it. Well, this speech proved to be controversial, and studio executives insisted upon its removal. I'm sure they did. Uh, Dante stubbornly refused to take the scene out, saying it represented the film as a whole, which had a combination of horrific and comedic elements, which is really good. I actually think that's a really that does actually encapsulate the spirit of the film. Right. And the whole scene works, too, because like, Billy's not even necessarily paying attention to her really mm-hmm. when she's talking about it. And she's going through this really traumatic uh, shit right in front of him. He's kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, we're about to die. Yeah. But Gizmo's like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spielberg didn't like that scene either, but because Spielberg is a good producer, he realized it was uh, Joe Dante's film and let him out of the final say. So that was a nice. Hard. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, how often that happens. Uh, Gremlins was released. Hey, Steven Spielberg, I got a, like a cyberpunk movie. You want to produce it? He does. No, he only does political thriller bullshit. <laughs> no, he did Ready Player One, didn't he? Oh, yeah, He's probably he gonna do Ready Player Two. <laughs> did do that show, huh? Yeah, exactly. I got uh, something for you, Spielberg. <laughs> right up that same hour, man. Spielberg, you suck. You haven't made a good movie since like Saving Private Ryan. Feeling <laughs> oh, music? Mm, it's all right, I guess. And Lincoln's all right. Oh, I forgot to do Lincoln. Yeah, so those are two all right movies. <laughs> those are all okay movies. <laughs> Uh, Gremlins released uh, June 8th, 1984, same day as Ghostbusters. So that was a pretty pretty, move. pretty big weekend for um, the projected audience of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't watched Ghostbusters yet. We'll save that for next Christmas. We'll get to Ghostbusters eventually. It's just some of the big like tentpole secret cows are hard to... What are you going to even talk about? I'm like, yeah, Bill Murray's in. He does a good job. You know, there was a different script, and like at one point, like they go into a different dimension at the end and find yeah. out something. Everyone knows all that shit already. Um, so Gremlins got second place in the box office, obviously, because Ghostbusters was a big hit. It only lost by like 1.1 million, though. These are big numbers for the 80s. Keep that in mind. <laughs> like 12.5 million was the first weekend for Gremlins. That means 13.6 was Ghostbusters. 
fucking mind blowing shit. Um, <laughs> it stopped screening on uh, November 29th. So it ran for shit. Um, six months, <laughs> seven months. Jesus, six, seven months. At that point, it had grossed um, $148 million domestically. But, I mean, now it'd be out on DVD in October, so. Yeah. Uh, this fourth highest grossing film of the year behind Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, and Temple of Doom. 84 is a pretty big year, I guess. Pretty big year for the old blockbuster. Blockbuster. Um, so it only had an $11 million budget. So they made a lot of fucking money on this. <laughs> Let's see if we can do it again. Six years from now. Uh, it's a great film. I love it. Obviously, nostalgia. Wonderful. Good to see the, the Corey Feldman, Phoebe Cates, Gizmo again. Um, breaks my heart. I wish I was getting a cap for Christmas because I need something to love. All that stuff. But when I think about it, this includes uh, Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones and shit. These are one of the, and even my favorite Spielberg film, Jaws. These are the early blockbusters that really led to the decline of film and um, really just destroyed. It was on the verge of destroying film until fucking COVID-19 saved us. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, Gremlins, Goonies, two, two childhood classics. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I mean. These are the these are the films that led to the position we're at now, where it's all just big blockbuster films. It's I guess, but then. like Gremlins and Goonies aren't like blockbuster movies. They're really small. Well, they didn't cost that much to make, and their original ideas, which are great, because we don't have too many of those. But these are major blockbusters that led to the culture and the idea of there being summer blockbusters and that being the most important thing that takes place throughout the entire year for movies, which eventually leads to the point where studio manufactured bullshit after bullshit, Marvel and Star Wars own everything, branded movie theaters. Also, right, but that's like an economic argument, not like an art argument. No, they're two separate things, but because of the economics of these movies, I'm not interested in the economics, damn it, Kyle. I've worked in the finance field for too long to argue about it. Well, my point is just that um, while this is a great movie, I appreciate it for its artistic merit. Um, it's responsible for the class film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I don't know. To me, it seems like more Indiana Jones and um, maybe even Beverly Hills Cop i mean it's possible for that that it's actually gremlins. star wars and jaws honestly yeah yeah and maybe even star wars more than jaws too well jaws was the first um summer blockbuster like summer blockbuster to right, be called but... the summer blockbuster and then the studios were chasing it every year since <laughs> kids are out of school man. go watch a movie mm-hmm. yeah so it's like the, two events the saying is these, these these films from this period were unfortunately led to the culture of film becoming what it is but luckily COVID-19 has stepped in there might actually be uh, mid-budget films that are made no Christopher Nolan's real pissed about everything well he doesn't make mid-budget films so I don't (laughs) give a fuck what he says he makes stupid over-the-top masturbatorial way too much money bullshit projects anyways Dennis Villanueva also was upset Denis Villeneuve yeah I mean he used to be cool but he's making Dune and everything is great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you ever read cool, dune man. it's just a very great book all the leaves are beige 
beige and the sky is beige. It's everything is beige. We got gray and we got yellow. <laughs> Doom. Doom. Yeah, but that's I'd like to see um someone give Christopher Nolan eleven million dollars and see if he can make a good movie. So uh, uh, same thing. Unusual for, suspects. Isn't that what isn't that him? No, that's the pedophile. Oh no, that's that's a pedophile. What am I thinking of? Um following? No, the one with uh what's his face and he can't remember shit and he's oh, tattooing memento? himself. That's memento. the one. That was probably eleven dollars, right? Eleven million? No, no, I said eleven dollars. Oh no, I don't know. Same thing for Denis Villeneuve. Give him eleven million dollars. Go make something. Go make. Give something. me eleven million dollars. Guess what I'll make? Nothing. You'll see me in a non-extradition country in about six months. Yeah, right. Give me eleven million dollars. I'll you make you the best movie you've ever seen. It's uh, <laughs> it have real penetration. Ooh. Yeah, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday. It's uh, broke back Yavin Four or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Give me eleven million dollars. Tashi Station. Uh, give me broke. Give me eleven million dollars, Disney. I'm give you the fucking Finn and Poe movie of your dreams. <laughs> two two old two older men, uh, just working out their lives in a Tashi Station mechanic shop. <laughs> no, they have. They just have to have secret meetings because you said they had girlfriends or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I got out of the Red Skywalker. I have yeah. again. I haven't really necessarily seen it all the way through. Uh, but you know what? It's Christmas, so maybe I'll do it sometime. Yeah, I know the stormtroopers have jetpacks. Well, they can fly now. They fly out. They fly now. They fly now. It's like a hey. If Josh Whedon could write worse jokes, well, no, it's just if you distill like any humanity in anything Josh Whedon ever wrote into like its purest like form, like the plasma of it. That, that's what you get. <laughs> um, there are complaints from the audience about the violence in the film, anyways. Um, Most of people who brought their kids to see the film. Steak. Mike has loved it. Uh, Joe Dante um, said to reporters later that the idea of taking a four year old to see Gremlins, thinking it's going to be a cuddly, funny animal movie, and then seeing that it turns into a horror picture, I think the people were upset. They felt like they hadn't been sold something family friendly and it wasn't entirely family friendly. Um, we watched this as kids, pretty young, zero problems, absolutely zero problems. And your kids watched it, no problem. Except so for the that, other girl. Yeah, that's the I mean, other, sounds to me like other kids, kids in the 80s were pussies. <laughs> <laughs> but this was also a satanic panic era, so it's actually probably the kids weren't upset at all. It's just the parents were upset that their kids had seen it and made a big deal out of it. You're familiar with this. This is what takes place on the internet every day. Uh, 84% of Rotten Tomatoes consensus reads whether you choose to see it as a statement on consumer culture or simply a special effects heavy popcorn flick, Gremlins is a minor classic. How dare you, minor. Uh, Ebert, at the level of serious film criticism, it's a meditation on the myths in our movies. Christmas, families, monsters, retail stores, movies, boogeymen. At the level of pop movie going, it's a sophisticated witty B movie. Fucking Ebert did it again, man. He really encapsulated that shit. Sometimes he's really on the fucking ball. This dude fucking knows. He knows a thing or two about movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so there uh, is quite a bit of uh, anti-consumer satire in the film. Obviously, quite a bit about of it is about, um, I guess, turning Christmas into consumer farce. Um, I don't. I've never had a particular 
spiritual attachment to christmas anyways beyond like the hang out with the family eat food and open presents anyways so i don't particularly care too much but as listeners of the podcast know i'm thoroughly um anti-consumer i hate consumer culture i try my best to not consume anything <laughs> and um, <laughs> this is why we do this podcast yeah i mean i don't I mean, barely catch me paying for anything. I told you yesterday, I feel I'm like racked with guilt for having bought Cyberpunk 2077 because it's like the first piece of media I've paid for in a long time. And it's, I know for a fact it directly was the cause of like labor exploitation, human suffering. You know what I mean? So I just, right. I just, and not only that, you didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's actually pretty easy to pirate. But I don't think my computer can handle it. But I also I I assumed it was like most games where it's like almost impossible to crack games now. But man, I just, I fucking love stealing shit. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I saw a screenshot online where it's uh, some guy leaving the city and it says now leaving or goodbye from Heights City. Oh, it's spelled wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the T is uh, before the uh, before the H. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Next city. Nice city. Uh, despite it being uh, somewhat- also, nice city is a dumb name. I gotta be honest. That's one thing that I think our sub our cyberpunk scripted better. City names. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think the the tabletop shit was written in the eighties and it was campy as fuck. They could have updated it though. They had the choice. No, they didn't. They did here to the 80s version yeah that everyone was so familiar with <laughs> people are so familiar with that shit uh so despite uh gremlins being somewhat of a mockery of consumer culture uh they made tons of merchandise toys video games gremlins gremlins 2 endless year after year speculation of a third sequel come talking about making cartoons selling t-shirts you know what i mean it just fucking became just a bullshit consumer product um, like I said, the neckbeards who presumably would be the target audience for this podcast if we didn't, if I didn't constantly make fun of them, um, this would be your shit. You fucking love wearing gizmo onesies or whatever, you fucking consumer horse. <laughs> but um, I won't blame Joe Dante or even Spielberg, anyone like that, for that happening. That's just studio ownership. Uh, and speaking of which, 2019 Warner Brothers successfully gained registered trademark of the name in the franchise. Oh, oh. So Warner Media greenlit an animated series, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai, based on the property, which will be released on HBO Max. Sounds completely awful. Wait, what's the concept again? I don't know. It's called Gremlins, the Secrets of the Mogwai. It's um completely, it doesn't need to exist is what it is. I am so confused. Oh, and that's why the, would you want to see him? Is it about the like, origin of the Mogwai? It's the secrets of the Mogwai. Tell, tell <laughs> me nothing. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's some bullshit. They just came with some bullshit, make some money off of a recognizable property. People in our age bracket, target audience for our podcast. Yeah, because we're most of our people in our, our age bracket are adrift in a. A sea of nonsense. Well, there's sort of complete arrested development. Only like baby shit. Understand. How dare you, Kyle? I love baby shit. Life is so I stressful never and meaningless. It's like whatever you 12. gotta find something to latch on to. 
I mean, I've fucking Transformers still look cool as fuck to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I go off oh, for sure. I gotta send you the link for like the people that do the 3D printed custom Transformers. They are insane. I love Gremlins. I I, it, I love it, Gizmo. I want a I want a Mogwai. I won't get him wet. It's not that hard. I love Gremlins. I love Gizmo. Gremlins is a good movie. It's the best Christmas movie we've watched so far this year. I had a great time watching it. Um, but you know, it's 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 sometimes it is hard to watch these movies, and you can see like the thread of culture as it's like starts. You know, like oh, here it is, and you track it to the suffering you experience now. And then someone, Warner Media Group, is going to just make money off of that existential suffering. Like, hey, you remember when you were 10 years old and you thought and Gremlins made you feel good around Christmas time? You can recapture that feeling now with Secrets of the Mogwai. <laughs> That's a lie. The only way I capture that feeling now is with booze. I don't know if you can capture that feeling anymore. I was talking to our mom about it, especially this Christmas, because, like, like, no, our family's probably not going to get together still. So, like, man, fucking... Everything seems pointless now. <laughs> Everything's meaningless. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So think about that, VHS cult. Everything's meaningless, except for me, old dirty Kyle, because I like it raw. Actually, you know, you throw a bunch of money at us, and I think the the answer for at least some of our problems is that we'll we'll buy a big chunk of land, and the next pandemic we'll all be together. Yeah, on the compounds, yeah. in the compounds. I was thinking more like a ranch kind of thing, but you know, <laughs> ranch compound it's a thin line. I'm gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a compound, and you know what I'll say is as leader of the VHS cult, I'll say as many cult leaders have before me, why can't a hero love booty? <laughs> uh, as I'll say as the, the Zartan of the VHS cult uh, it was all his idea let me tell you the ways I couldn't be I couldn't traffic illegal firearms on my own <laughs> it's really or, not that could, hard I, I probably could because I'm uh, the true son of God right right <laughs> VHS cult check it out uh, this works out because I've been feeling pretty sad again. I, I made it like a solid couple months, I think, where I was feeling pretty good from working out. But working out only gets you so far. So I'm feeling kind of sad again. But luckily, we're going to watch my favorite Christmas movie of all time next week. Technically, we're cheating because it's not from the 80s. But I'm going to guess a lot of you country rubes haven't seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to watch uh, Satoshi uh, Khan's uh, Tokyo Godfathers. It's going to be dope as shit. Going to have a good time. And you're going to be like, you know what? Old Dirty Kyle, he is my hero. He is the leader of VHS cult. And it is because he is a hero that he loves booty. And that is why <laughs> I will send him money so that he can be the king of booty. Rather than the king of moody movies, I'll be the king of booty. Because, oh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> Next week, uh, I don't, I'm going to do some different maybe the format i just want to like have like a fun talk about the movie so make sure to take notes oh, I take, i'm not taking notes about and shit. then we'll talk a little bit i'll watch about, like four um, times i'll watch it with the kids and i'll watch it by myself that a yeah the kids will like it too um we'll talk a little bit about uh the late great satoshi khan i was thinking i would have you read some of his last uh blog posts all right yeah 
if you can send me the link or whatever well it's like way too sad (laughs) for me to read it like i get really emotional i read it (laughs) it's fine but it's uh, super duper long and i don't know if i feel comfortable editing it down so we'll see if it's actually in the podcast um it probably won't be at this point but i I suggest everyone go check it out it's an interesting read like i said it's pretty sad but uh i don't know just the things that he cared about at the end of his life and what he was writing about are um very thematic for this time of year so if you want to check it out just google satoshi Kon last blog post there's a pretty good translation of it it's sad but um uplifting at the same time so yeah next week will be our like legit christmas episode so we're gonna have a good time maybe we'll get a little bit tipsy talk about tokyo godfather talk about the meaning of christmas because what the hell is christmas anyways <laughs> Who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, please like and subscribe, rate and review. Follow us on Twitter. Go to VHScult.com for this and the other podcasts we do. The other podcast we do has got some killer jokes in it. <laughs> <laughs> you would some, know. It's got some uh, spicy takes. Uh, we'll talk more about cyberpunk and um, uh, current events and uh, pitching Star Wars uh, miniseries and shit. So check it out. Check out both of them. I don't know. Just support us. Do something. Like we did Steven Spielberg. He got a Twitter. Yeah, what's Spielberg up to? Maybe he can help us out. <laughs> Just tell him uh, Dirt McDirt. <laughs> Dirt McDonald <laughs> send you. Uh, and I guess I'll do it. Anything you'd like to add? Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Um, you know, stay safe out there. Probably don't don't travel. Things are looking grim. Uh, not getting better. No one's, you know, you're not gonna get any help from the government until maybe maybe January and maybe not ever after that. So you know, good luck, guys. Stay safe. Give me money. Ooh, baby. Rubes. <laughs> Country rubes. Ooh, baby, that was pretty raw. <laughs> Troubles.